Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Coach Taku listeners, it's your lovely hosts, Christina and Mary, back for another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I am thrilled for this week's episode because, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about how we would coach beloved anime characters, but we thought it would be time to actually pull back the curtain and point to anime protagonists that have actually already had life coaches by their side all along. Mary, are you pumped? I mean, so pumped. You, you can't see me, but I'm so excited about this. This all happened because Christina suggested, hey, maybe maybe you should watch Cardcaptor Sakura again. And I was like, oh, you know, like, I remember it briefly, but not that well. And then I started watching. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, totally. But I'm going to let Christina give you like, because this is her this is her realm. I'm going to let you, Christina give you a brief synopsis on the anime and then we can go from there. Awesome. And I will do my best to be brief because Cardcaptor Sakura is in my holy trinity of all time faves. So Cardcaptor Sakura, it's probably one of the, like, the OG magic girl, magical girl-ish genre. It's about uh, Kinomoto Sakura who one day opens up a book that has magical cards that become dispersed and it's up to her to channel her own magic and capture them all or else her town faces certain doom. That's no pressure. No pressure at all. And I think as I was watching it, one of the one of the big things that I saw right away was just all the amazing relationships that Sakura has in her life. But as I was exploring her, her relationship, especially with her friends. I mean, Tomoyo sticked out so much because when I think about coaching, this is it, like right here. This is Tomoyo. I mean, she is there to listen. She's not there to tell her friend what to do, but she'll be there, supportive, listening, and in action, like helping her friend move to that next step, which for me is what coaching is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we keep calling Tomoyo a coach, but I think it might be cool to actually lay out for our listeners what it is about their relationship and Tomoyo in particular that we're noticing as coach-like. So what are, like, what's one or two of the qualities that you see up front, Mary? I think one of my favorite things about Tomoyo is her ability to just lean back and listen. Like, she'll hear Sakura, she'll hear where she's coming from, and she won't try to fix it, and she won't try to say, I have a solution, or give advice. She'll just listen, and then she'll trust that Sakura actually knows how to get it done. And that's one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. I think along those lines, Tomio has a way of always reminding Sakura of who she is and how wonderful she is. And I think of various points in the series where that becomes really prominent. Even um, there was a one classic episode sort of in the, not the first go around of collecting the cards, but turning them back into Sakura cards where Tomio becomes lost, like essentially due to some magical antics, uh, she's in a labyrinth and can't be found. 
And all she does is sing and wait for Sakura to follow the sound of her voice. And when Sakura does eventually find her, she says, oh my God, you must have been so scared. I'm so sorry for leaving you alone. And Tomio's candid response was, actually, I wasn't scared at all because I knew you would find me. And I think it's that resolute, undying faith in Sakura's abilities that also makes Tomio an incredible coach because it's not the need to pick point what Sakura isn't doing well, but always emphasize and celebrate what's amazing about her. Yeah, I mean, Tomoyo is so supportive. She's she's a cheerleader for in many ways. Um, and she provides a lot of structure in a sense. Like in the beginning episodes, it's Tomoyo who cheers her friend on and says, here are all the costumes. I'm going to bring these to you because I can see that this is something you can do. So I'm going to help you in whatever way I can so that you get to that goal. There's never a doubt in her mind, you know, that this is what her friend is capable of, which is really cool to see throughout the whole series. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for those of you who may not know, not only are are Mary and I coaches, we're also coach trainers. And I thought it might be fun to dissect Tomoyo's quote-unquote coaching style a little bit and say if we could offer some words of wisdom or places for her to take a look, how we could actually develop her coaching method. So what, what do you see as a, a piece of training you might give Tomoyo based on who she is as a coach for Sakura? Um, so I think, I think she's a natural coach. Obviously, this is why we're talking about her. And I think for her, it's just maybe developing more of the tool set, like the actual technical things to help her create more structure and accountability for Sakura. And I think that's what I would work with her on. But in terms of like, in terms of what it is, what it takes to become a coach, I think all the elements are there. What about you? What do you see? Yeah, I was probably picking up on exactly what you would put in. On one hand, Tomio's natural gift as a coach is the way that she leans back and trusts that Sakura will do whatever it takes. And on the other hand, sometimes as a coach, it is useful to offer a little bit of, hey, you said you were going to capture that card and you haven't taken any action on it. You know, now what do you want to do? Or, hey, you said you're threatened by Shauron and his magical ability. Well, When was the last time you practiced yours? Like actually intentionally bringing a little boldness, not to fix Sakura or tell her what to do, but because she has so much trust in the relationship to actually purposefully push some buttons and and see where it takes Sakura. I love that so much. I mean, I just see, I think it would have made a very different series if that that were been the case. And um, very magical Tomoyo. And uh, so in this conversation, we started looking at card capture, but then we thought, hey, like coaches in anime happen all the time. And I know that, Christina, you have one that popped out to you and I definitely have mine. Do you want to introduce us to yours? Absolutely. So for me, when I think coach, I immediately think Yuri on Ice and not just because they're literal ice skating coaches, but even how Victor in particular serves as a life coach for both of the Yuris. And so real quick, if you've never seen Yuri on Ice, I highly recommend it. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's an anime about figure skating, which means you get to see amazing animation style, but it's also an anime about relationship and especially relationship to yourself. So you get to follow the story of, you know, Katsuki Yuri 
go on to try his best to become a champion. And you see his most beloved idol, Viktor Nikivarov, who's the number one skater in the world, elect to become his coach to get him there. So, Christina, what about this anime call to you? Like, what was it that's, that sparked your attention? They were like, this anime, I must watch. Well, if I'm being completely honest, it's because it came out when Tumblr was still really active and I saw two boys kissing and realized it was like actual queer representation versus queer baiting or shock factor. And so I needed to know more. Um, But I think the other reason is it's just an amazing series about relationship and most importantly, the relationship to yourself which is actually why I wanted to highlight Victor as a coach. Again, not just as a literal ice skating coach, but also as a a coach in the way that we talk about it. So tell me about Victor. Like, what is his coaching style? What would you work on with him on? Tips, advice. What have you learned from him? Yeah, so I think the thing so first of all victor is a total goofball when he's not in coach mode like at first i was at first i thought the series must be a hyperbole because he is so wacky and eccentric but something one of the first things he does as a coach that really caught my attention was he started designing the choreography for both yuri the main character and a second yuri yuri pliseski that they start calling yurio he helps them design choreography for their short programs But what he does on purpose is he gives Yuri, who's the very soft and sweet character, a very passionate and sensual choreography. And he gives Yurio, who's the hot-headed rebel, the very serene, sweet, romantic choreography. And he tells them that he does this deliberately to both shock the audience and to have those two men learn about parts of themselves that they didn't realize were there. Now I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet, but now I want to see it just to see this particular sequence. And as a coach, how, how do you relate to that, Christina? Yeah, so Mary, I love that question because really for me, part of what really resonates with me about that style that Victor has of having you practice the opposite of what you think you're on purpose. That's like my go-to practice as a coach, especially for clients that have always done things, done things a certain way for so long. And what I mean by that is when you have those clients who are like, but I've been a people pleaser my whole life. And it's like, okay, go practice saying no to everyone on purpose. Or you have the client that's like, but I'm, I'm scared of being vulnerable. That. I've never practiced vulnerability before. And it's like, okay, go have intimate conversations on purpose and see what happens. Because there's something about swinging to the opposite side of the pendulum that enables you to see parts of yourself that maybe you were scared of embracing before, or even parts of yourself that you had no idea were there. Yeah, I totally can see that as a coaching practice. And it's having someone do something different is really uncomfortable in many cases. It's really different. And you always, there's always a trepidation. I think I've never had a client who's like, yeah, I'm going to go practice something different and we'll see what happens. And is really excited about it. Usually there's like, I don't know about this, but what ends up happening for me and what I've seen um, is that it gives, it always gives a person access to some different aspect of themselves that they weren't attuned to. Um, 
And it actually becomes not only for themselves, for, but for the people around them too. Like I love the practice for me in particular. I love the practice of really asking for help, you know, asking for help when you need it, asking for what you need and having a practice about like, well, go if you're uncomfortable because normally we don't think about, we think about everybody else and how to help others. Less seldom do we think about like what we need. Go practice and have a conversation with other people about and ask them, okay, ask them for a favor every day and see what happens and see what changes. That's probably one of the most coolest things I've, I've seen. Absolutely. And I think for anyone who hears this and it makes their stomach drop, like they feel really squeamish about it, to again, point to the series, it really pays off for both Yuri and Yurio to practice something new on purpose. With Yuri, you see that practicing the sensual part of himself gives him the confidence to push his skating in a way that he never has before and trust that he can achieve tricks that he's never landed in his life. And with Yurio, you see this confident rebel get in touch with the tender part of him that loves the art form. And spoiler alert, it's that tenderness that has him go on to win gold, to win it all. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, And maybe we have time to fit one more anime in. What do you think, Christina? I think we must because, (laughs) because this last one that we have to talk about, first of all, we will own it's Western made, but the creators pulled from so many anime influences that we feel justified in our right to talk about it. And of course it is none other than the series Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, I love this one. <laughs> and yeah, I will forever stand by that this falls into anime. Um, okay, so when we were looking at coaches, I mean, we can't not look at Avatar. And there's so many other things to look at with Avatar, but this particular, I think one of the things for me that came out right away is, okay, who's the coach for Aang in this in this series, who's the coach for Zuko, who, who coaches. And I think two of the ones that really struck out were Master Roku and General Iroh. And Christina, what do you see in both those two personas? Oh my God. Well, first of all, I just have to say at the time of this recording, this year, 2020, they finally made the series available on Netflix for streaming. And so of course I re-binged watched the whole thing. And I had an appreciation for Iroh in particular that I sort of had as a young teenager when I watched the series, but it was like on roids afterwards because talking a little bit about Iroh for a second, who he is for Zuko is completely a stand of getting to create your life from how you want it to look and what you want versus creating the life that you think you're supposed to have based on expectations or societal norms. And with Zuko in particular, so much of the series, he's fueled by revenge and this past-based conversation of needing to reclaim his honor. And it's Iroh who time and time again goes, well, what if you just wanted to relax? What if you just wanted to, like, what if you were already worthy? What if you could have a life in the earth kingdom or anywhere where you just got to be yourself. Uh, Yes. To all of that. And I think, I think what I love about general Iroh as coach is his, he's not attached to the outcome. Like general Iroh loves Zuko period. 
And it doesn't matter to him whether he becomes Fire Lord and he gets his father's favor or if he chooses a different path. Because in the end, Iroh is there just to support Zuko throughout all of it. So he really leans back and lets, basically lets Zuko explore and says, okay, here, here are some questions. What if it didn't have to go that way? What would that look like? And then he just lets it go. There's no attachment to either or, and he's going to stand by Zuko regardless of the choice and which path Zuko follows, which I, I, I think it's just like one of the best coaching things, you know, like best tool that coach can do is just really prompt and then wait. Yeah. And I think kind of going off of what we were talking about with Yuri on ice, you know, the idea of practicing something different from what you already know, Iroh is like the champion for that of Zuko because Zuko brings that sense of honor and justice and proving himself. And Iroh is the one who time and time again challenges like, well, what if you let yourself be a teenager? What if you let yourself have fun? What if your life was an expression of joy or what you want and not just about what you were born into or, you know, what you think your father wants? Yeah, and we see throughout their path, their journey as they're looking for Aang and they're following him, how General Iroh has these beautiful moments where he just kind of takes Zuko out of it all and offers him a different perspective of what life could look like. So there are moments in like tea houses or, you know, I think towards the end of the series, they start working in this in a restaurant and Zuko has a taste for what it could be like to have a different life that wasn't driven by revenge or expectation or anything like that. And it's just, you know, it's an it's another door. It's another axe. It's something different that throughout the whole series, General Iroh provides, in addition to all these beautiful quotes that he has that are just like super sun that I love. For sure. So, you know, on, on one side of the series, we have General Iroh, Uncle Iroh, who's Zuko's beam of light, remembering that he can live a life expressed as who he is. And then concurrently in the parallel, we have Avatar Roku, who serves as this coach-like figure for Aang. So what's Roku's deal? What makes him such a great coach for Aang? I think when I think of Roku, I think of him as giving wisdom and guidance, but not necessarily giving Aang all the answers. He's like, there are some things that you are going to figure out on your own. So yes, you can do it. Yes, it's been done. Yes, you have the power. And there are some things that you're just going to have to experience by yourself. But I think it's that, again, I think both of them have this kind of energy where they both lean back and have trust, have trust in Aang, have trust in Zuko. What do you see? Yeah, I would echo what you say of Roku really challenging Aang to be his own avatar rather than copy other avatars. That's like such a coach move versus a consulting move. And I think the other thing that's wonderful about Roku and Aang, which is such a foil to Iroh and Zuko now that I think about it, is Iroh's helping Zuko put down his power and determination and lighten up, whereas Roku is really the the cheerleader for Aang of reminding him of like, dude, you're the effing avatar. Like, you have all of the resources that you need. You just have to go out there and practice and own who you are, own your abilities, own taking on learning all the different types of bending. 
Yeah, totally. And I mean, especially there's so many beautiful moments that we could talk about Avatar in Avatar, but I think one of the one that's coming up right now for me is just like for Aang in particular is just around like um, firebending and how he was really reluctant to access or try firebending because he didn't want to hurt others. And it's that conversation again about like owning your power and owning your strength. And you're, I hadn't seen, like, until we are starting talking about it now, but, and the same thing for Zuko, it's like, how do you access your heart? And again, you have these dualities where you have two characters that really complement each other. And if you could put them together, just what a powerful character you would have. Absolutely. Which is why, and I don't mean to open this can of worms with only a couple minutes left, but if you're interested in another episode around how Zuko and Aang are actually coaches for each other in a lot of ways, I think that would be really cool. Because to your point, Mary, they they bring a lot of what the other person doesn't have. And you see their partnership be essential to the happy ending at the end of the series. Yeah, the series would not have been the same without that play and without that partnership and relationship. So... We hope you've enjoyed this and we'd love to hear what you got out of it. And also like any suggestions for another Avatar episode because Avatar is such a beautiful and wealthy world of knowledge and coaching that I'm sure there are so many different themes that could pop up. Yeah, the other thing that I would love is now that we've perhaps inspired you to take a look at series that you love with protagonists that have secret coaches all along, like what are your favorite series where that's present? And how does the protagonist's partner or relative or friend or whoever it is serve as a coach for them in their lives? What do you see? Let us know, you know, post about it on our Instagram, shoot us an email, whatever method you prefer. And in the meantime, thanks again for tuning in. We had a blast doing this and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye everyone. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Takupod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at HereXTinaRoar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at Raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.